Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. You made it. You made it to the 8.30 service on Easter Sunday morning. Come on. This, these, this is the good crowd, right? This is the good crowd. Hey, we're glad that you're here. And I know we have people that are joining us online all throughout the day as well. So we want to welcome you. And uh, we believe today is, is going to be a powerful day. Uh, if you're here for the first time, we thank you for being here. If you uh, haven't been here in a while, we thank you for being here. And if you're a regular attender of Impact Church, thank you so much for being here. And I want to jump right in uh, to what I believe God has given me to share with you today on Easter Sunday. And uh, I believe that it has the potential to impact your life. How many of you know just this day, if we would just, if we would just wrap our minds around truly what this day represents and not take it so lightly, I think sometimes we take it for granted and and uh, we like to have a lot of fun on Easter weekend, but if we would just take a moment and just really ponder the fact of what Jesus did and what this weekend represents, and then today specifically, not that he stayed in the grave, but that he rose from the dead so that we could have life, and it really kind of sealed the whole deal. And so today, we're going to start off a little bit different, uh, but I'm going somewhere today, and I want to start in Acts chapter 3. And I was reading through this several weeks ago, and I felt like the Lord uh, put it on my heart that there was one phrase in here uh, that he wanted me to speak to you on today, on Easter Sunday. And so I want to start in verse number one, Acts chapter three, verse number one. It says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a lame man from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so that he, so he could beg for, from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had been so often, they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. In verse 12, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we have, we have made this man walk by our own power or godliness? Peter saw his opportunity. Today, I want to speak to you for just a few moments on this topic, if you're taking notes. Seize the moment seize the moment. As I was reading through this several weeks back, uh, just, just reading through this, this third chapter of Acts, that phrase that Peter saw his opportunity stuck out to me. 
In other words, I was reading it in different translations and going through different things, but basically it's this idea that I, I see Peter as someone, he looked around, something had just happened, and he saw a moment. And he thought to himself, you know, if I'm, if I'm just thinking as Peter would think, he thought, this is a moment. This is a moment. Everybody has gathered around. This has happened. God has provided a moment. And as I was preparing this message, I began thinking about significant moments in our lives that we never forget, right? Can you think of some significant moments in your life that you have never forgotten? Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. I jotted down a few. Maybe it was our first day of school. Come on, anybody remember your first day of school? Maybe you were scared to death. You know, I remember kindergarten and and, and being dropped off and just this freaked out moment, you know, like, whoo, this is it. And, and not being used to, to going to school. Maybe it was, come on, your first crush on someone. Some of us remember that. Or when you graduated high school, when you graduated college, big moments. Some of you remember, hope, hopefully if you're married, you remember the day you got married. Come on, somebody, right? Hopefully that was a significant big moment in your life that you have not forgotten and, uh, uh, but that's, that's something that I was thinking about or when our kids were born or maybe when the adoption was finally finalized or when your child hurt themselves and you had to rush them to the ER. Anybody had any moments like that? I know we have <laughs> where you had to just rush them to the hospital really quick because something happened or they got into something or, or whatever. When your, when your child, you know, if you have grown children, maybe when your child got married or when your grandkids were born, I've always heard, I'm not there yet, but I've, I've heard from several people that uh, they say grandkids are better than kids, <laughs> right? And, and so maybe you remember a moment when your grandkids were, were born. I, I don't know what it is for you, but you probably can think of several moments. And I have a tendency to associate like these feelings or it'll be a song. I'll tell this to my wife sometimes. We'll be listening to a song and I'll think this song reminds me of blank. This, this for some reason, us gathered together right here, it reminds me of blank. And I remember a moment. And I want to talk to you about seizing the moment and what it looks like to seize the moment. Because every one of us could probably share story after story of these significant moments. But along with these life moments that we experience, I believe that we also experience significant, if we could call them God moments. That there are opportunities, there are moments in time that we have to be able to seize. That in that moment, God is saying, here is a moment. Here is an opportunity and you need to seize this moment. Seize this moment. And one thing I found interesting uh, as I was thinking about this, have you ever had, you ever looked back on something in your life and you thought, you know, if I hadn't, if, if, if that hadn't happened, then I wouldn't have met that person. If I hadn't gone there, then this wouldn't have taken place. Had I not waited in this area, then I wouldn't even know who this person is. Had I just rushed into it, then I wouldn't even be married to my spouse. And it was almost like this picture of a moment that led to a moment that led to a moment. And it was almost like you were being set up for a significant moment. And one thing I find interesting in this particular passage and the story that we read in Acts chapter 3 is the progression of moments that set up the other moments. So there's a progression of moments. Did you notice it? There's, there's this that happens and this that happens and then this that happens so that everybody gathers together. 
and Peter sees his opportunity, right? God provided a moment for believers, including Peter and John, to be heading to the temple at this precise time for a time of prayer to run into this man. And then God uses Peter and John to provide a moment for this lame man to not necessarily receive what he was asking for, but to receive what he truly needed. Sometimes we're asking for things and God's like, you're asking for that, but I know what you really need. And God provides this moment. Then God used the healing of this lame man to draw the attention of the people around. And then Peter saw the opportunity and God used him to share the truth of Jesus with everyone who was there. And every single one of us, we experience significant moments. And so what does it look like to seize the moment as a believer? How can we do this? I want to give you three things really important. I believe they're really important. Here's number one. And it seems practical, it seems simple, and it is, but you've got to see the moment. You have to learn how to see the moment. If you're a believer, if you are a follower of Jesus, there are going to be God opportunities and God moments and moments that you look back on and you think, that was a significant moment. And we have to have eyes to be able to see the moment before you can seize a moment in your life you have to be able to see the moment in your life and i wonder how many god ordained moments have passed us by simply because we didn't have eyes to see we didn't actually see the moment and god was trying to provide an opportunity in this significant moment for us to seize the moment but we didn't seize it because we never saw it we never had eyes to see the moment maybe it was a moment when you encountered someone that was hurting and you just went about your day or maybe it was a moment when someone needed a listening ear because they had lost someone close to them or maybe a moment when you were standing in line and with someone who desperately needed hope and encouragement and my question is do you have eyes to be able to see the moment to see a, a significant moment that God has placed in your path and why do we not see the moments I think some reasons why we don't see the moments might be because we're too busy we're just, we're just going through life and we're working and we're plugging away and we just got our head down doing what it is that we feel like we need to do and trying to provide. And God's saying, I, I may have called you to do all that. That may be the career that I have for you. That may be the family that I have for you. That may be the spouse that I have for you. But I also have significant moments. And if you will open your eyes, I can show you things that I want to do through your life on your job, in your family, if you'll, if you'll open your eyes to be able to see the moment. So why do we not see the moments? Maybe we're too busy. Uh, I think sometimes our eyes are focused on the wrong things, right? We get focused on material things. We get focused on what we want. We get focused on trying to take our life to the next level. We get focused on trying to get the new thing. We get focused on sometimes the wrong things. I didn't say they're necessarily bad things, but I mean, you know, you can get focused on the wrong thing and not make the main thing the main thing. And then all of a sudden you find yourself too focused on other things and you don't see the moments and you look back on your life and you think wow what would have happened if I had seized that moment I think for for some of us uh, we don't like this word but I think for some of us it's just selfishness I think sometimes we're just we're just too you ever been you ever you ever been driving down the road or you've been in a in a store or something like that and you just felt the Holy Spirit nudging you to do something or nudging you to talk to somebody and you talked yourself out of it because I'm busy, I'm in a hurry, I need to get here, I was only running in here. Come on, you ever you ever seen somebody and just dodged them in the store like whoo, you know, as soon as you saw them, you felt like the Lord was like, hey, go talk to them or there they are or whatever, and you just you know, you just dart down another aisle because you just have your own agenda in the moment. And my question is, can you see the moment? 
that God might be providing. I think that God provides a lot of moments, a lot of opportunity. I think that God wants to use you and me to reach other people all across the world, in our community, in our city, everywhere that you go, at your job, your family members. But we have to first be able to see the moment. And this is what the psalmist wrote. He wrote this in Psalm 119 and verse 37. And I love this. He says, turn my eyes away from vanity, all those worldly, meaningless things that distract. Let your priorities be mine. Somebody say priorities. Let your priorities be mine and restore me with renewed energy in your ways. And as I read this verse, I love what the writer says because basically this is what he says when I paraphrase it or when I put it in, in my own language is I don't want to be focused on things that are meaningless and a distraction. I want my eyes to see what you want them to see. And he's writing this and he's in this moment of prayer and he's, he's simply saying, don't let me miss the moment. Don't let my priorities get so out of whack that I can't see what you're doing, that I'm so distracted and my focus is on things that really don't matter all that much and things that are distracting me from what you want me to see and what you want me to do. I want to be able to see the moment. So don't let me be so focused on things that are meaningless and a distraction. I want my eyes to see what you want them to see. And Jesus, come on, we know Jesus. If you've read through the Gospels, if you've studied the life of Jesus, Jesus was awesome at seeing the moment. Jesus was incredible at seeing every single moment while he was walking on the earth. Why? Because he wasn't focused on meaningless. He wasn't focused on distracting things. He had the Father's priorities. He was, he, was, he was following after, he, Heavenly Father, I want to see the moment. I want to learn to be obedient in this moment. I want to do what it is that you have for me to do. I'm not going to do anything that I don't see you doing, and I'm not going to say anything that I don't see you saying. I want to be in this moment. I want to see the moment. He wasn't too busy to see the moment. He wasn't too busy to see the next person. Come on, and Jesus was busy. If you read through the life of Jesus, Jesus was all, there were always people coming up to Jesus. Always people trying to get Jesus' attention. Always needing healing in their life. Always, we saw you do it over here. Can you do it over here? We just need some more of Jesus. We just want to be around Jesus. And he wasn't too busy to see the moment or to teach or to show love to somebody. And a lot of times we brush these details off, but these were all significant moments where Jesus had to see what his father wanted him to see and do what his father wanted him to do. And so before we move on to point number two, let me ask you this. What changes need to be made in your life so that you can see the moment that God wants you to see? As you sit here on Easter Sunday, what changes need to be made in your life so that you can see what have you gotten focused on that's distracting? What have you gotten focused on that, that is meaningless in the grand scheme of things? What, what have you gotten focused on that, that is keeping you from being able to see what it is that God wants you to see, an opportunity to bless someone or to share Jesus with someone or to serve someone or to do something for someone expecting nothing in return? What do you need to do? What changes need to be made? Because before you can seize a special God moment in your life, you have to reprioritize to be able to see it. If you can't see it, you won't seize it. If you can't see it, you won't seize it. And we want to seize the moment. Here's point number two. Number one, you got to see the moment. Point number two, make the most of the moments. 
This is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but, li- but like those who are wise. And look at this. Make the most of every, somebody say every. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And in the ESV, the English Standard Version, it words it this way in verse 16. It says, making the best use of the time. So in other words, don't act thoughtlessly. Make the best use of the time. Don't just do whatever you want to do. Make the best use of the time. Be careful how you live. Make the best use of every opportunity. And I wonder how many of us live our lives being so intentional to make the most of every opportunity. To make the best use of the time. The time that you have. What would it look like in your life for you to drive to work? With the thought in mind and your focus being, today I'm going to make the best use of my time. That may be obviously working hard as if working unto the Lord. But at the same time, I believe that every day, wherever you go, that God God is orchestrating things and ordaining things. And there might be somebody that comes across your path. And here's my question. Have you already made up in your mind, have you focused in on God that day to be able to say, today I'm going to make the most of every single opportunity. Everything that God brings across my path, everything that is an opportunity, that is a moment I'm going to see it, and I'm going to make the most of it. I'm not going to let it pass me by. I'm going to make the most, make the best use of the time. I was thinking about this, and I've told this story. It's probably been a year or two ago, but when I think about making the most of the moments, I think about a story that I heard when we were at a conference, and there was another pastor that had, uh, he he had gotten this this email basically from somebody that was telling the story and he was talking about how this lady had been in the drive through at a fast food restaurant and life was just extremely hard and the person that was in front of her, uh, I believe it was, if I remember correctly, it was, I think it was Easter Sunday was coming up and they had some invite cards and and this person that was, that was in the drive through line that was waiting on their food, they just thought for some reason, I feel like this is a moment. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. I just feel like, come on, something as simple as I feel like this lady behind me, I want to pay for whatever she ordered. I just want to make the most of this moment. I don't know what it is. I've got this little invite card. Will you just give this to her when she comes up here? Let her know that her meal is paid for when she comes up here and we just want to be a blessing for her. I feel like this is just something I'm supposed to do right now in this moment. I need to seize this moment. And the lady pulls up to the window and the, the person that's serving the food brings the food out, gives the food to her and says, hey, that person that just drove off, they left this card. They wanted you to have this card. Uh, it was an invite to where they go to church and, and they paid for your meal. And come to find out, long story short, this lady ended up a couple of weeks later, she ends up attending that church, going to that church. She gives her life to Jesus. And then later on, she tells this story to the pastor and said that life was so hard and I was so discouraged and so devastated that I was going to take my life that day. And I had already made up my mind. I'm going through here. I'm going to get one more meal. I'm going to eat this and I'm going home and it's over. And because somebody sees the moment, whew, don't, don't take for granted 
the things that seem like just simple moments. Because you may, ne- you may never know what it did for that person. You may not ever really see in your lifetime that person come to Christ. But it could be because of a moment that God put on your heart and said, will you do this? Will you be obedient? Will you seize this moment? And if you seize this moment, I've already been working behind the scenes and I've already orchestrated things and I just need you to see it and I need you to make the most of it. I need you to do something in this moment. Will you be obedient in this moment? And it changed somebody's life forever. It changed somebody's life forever because that person could see, come on, they were tuned in. I'm going to see every moment. I'm going to make the best use of my time. No matter what the Lord asks me to do, whatever moment he brings my way, I'm going to seize the moment. Making the most of a moment often looks like doing the next small right thing that ends up making a big difference. A lot of times it just looks like the small little bitty thing that you didn't even know would really make a difference that makes the biggest difference because you are obedient in the moment. You seized the moment, And I wonder how many of us live our lives making the best use of our time as Christians or as believers or as followers of Jesus. We're not meant to live life thoughtlessly. We're meant to make the most of every opportunity. And so here's point number three as we wrap this up. And it's simply this, seize this moment. In your life, you gotta, you gotta learn to see the moments You've got you've to say, you know what, I'm going to make the most of every opportunity. And here's, here's what I believe is the Lord's invitation to you today is to seize this moment. Seize this moment. Oh, that we would not come to church on Easter Sunday and just run out the door to the next thing without seizing this moment. I want to bring the worship team back. I want to read you a few things because... As I was preparing for this, I began to wonder how many of us just thought that we were coming to an Easter service to then go to lunch with family afterward, but God has actually been setting up a moment. (laughs) And you just thought that your spouse was crazy for wanting to do this church thing, but God was setting up a moment. And you just thought that person was never going to leave you alone if you just didn't say, yes, I'll come to church on Easter Sunday, and God was setting up a moment. You thought you just received an invite in the mail, but God was actually setting up a moment. You thought you just saw a post on Facebook and thought, well, I guess what? But God was setting up a moment. God was setting up a moment for you to seize. Jesus provided this moment for you. And so as we end this Easter service, there's one specific moment and opportunity that I hope you see and make the most of. Come on, it's, it's the whole reason why we're here. It is the entire reason why we are in this room today. It's the whole reason that we have the opportunity to see and make the most of other important moments is because of one moment that God provided when he sent his son and that Jesus provided when he said yes and he submitted to the Father's will. He said, I will do what needs to be done so that they can have a moment. So that they can have a moment. And today, I wanna read to you, this is in Luke chapter 24, but this is the reason, come on, this is Sunday morning. This is the reason why we're here. It says, very early that Sunday morning, the women made their way to the tomb, carrying the spices they had prepared. 
Among them were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Jesus' mother Mary. Arriving at the tomb, they discovered that the huge stone covering the entrance had been rolled aside. So they went in to look, but the tomb was empty. The body of Jesus was gone. They stood there stunned and perplexed. Suddenly, two men appeared above them in dazzling white robes, shining like lightning. Terrified, the women fell to the ground on their faces. The men in white said to them, why would you look for the living one in a tomb? He is not here. Whew. For he has risen. Jesus had done what he said he would do. And I love that these, these women go to the tomb. And the, the, the encounter they have is, why would you look for the one who is living some translations say among the dead. Why are, you, why are you here at this tomb? And I like to paraphrase it and word it in this way. <laughs> you know, it was almost like you would just say to these women, like, why are you here? He did what he said he would do. <laughs> so he's not here. He has risen. He has done what he said he would do. And so why is this such an important truth for all of us to understand today? I think it's because when Jesus rose from the dead, it provided us with the greatest opportunity we would ever receive. When Jesus walked out of that tomb, it provided us with the greatest opportunity that we would ever receive. And some of you have seized that moment. Some of you have taken hold of that moment. Some of you have realized what it is that Jesus did for you and you seized the moment. There was a moment, come on, do you remember? There was a moment Whenever you knew, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I need to receive, I need his grace, I need his mercy, I need his forgiveness. I need to receive everything that he did for me. And so in this moment, do you remember that moment for those of us that have already made that decision and surrendered? And I want to I wanna read this in Isaiah 53, starting in verse 2. It says, my servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced, come on, many of us know these verses. He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth unjustly condemned he was led away no one cared that he died without descendants that his life was cut short in midstream but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people he had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone but he was buried like a criminal he was put in a rich man's grave but it was the lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief yet when his life is made an offering for sin he will have many descendants Whew. 
He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible. Here's the possibility. Here's the opportunity for many to be counted righteous. For he will bear all their sins. Will you stand to your feet today? This was a prophecy in Isaiah of what was to come hundreds of years later of what Jesus would do. And, and I wanna go back and read just this one verse really that says he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. And I wanna give you an invitation today that if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus and decided to follow after him, then today is your moment. If you've never really made that decision and you've never surrendered to Jesus, I believe today is your moment. That this is a moment that you need to seize. And maybe you're here today and you prayed a prayer. Come on, you prayed a prayer when you were 13. You prayed a prayer when you were seven. You prayed a prayer when you were 25. But I believe there is so much more than, I, I think we are saved when we place our trust and we place our faith and we believe in Jesus. But then we follow him. And for some of us in this room today, this is your moment that God is calling you and drawing you to follow Jesus. You prayed a prayer and surrendered your life, so to speak, to Jesus. You placed your faith in him when you were seven, when you were 15, when you were 19, when whatever age it was for you. And some of us, we've made that decision. But at the same time, today, your moment that Jesus is saying, here's what I have called you to do. I have called you to take up your cross and follow me. To not listen, you... I don't think you can see the moment and seize the moment and make the most of every opportunity and, and all of these moments that God brings into your life. If you're not following, how are you going to see what it is that Jesus is placing these moments and opportunities if you're not following him? When we make the decision to follow after Jesus, no matter what the cost, no matter what I have to go through, no matter who turns their back on me, no matter what happens in my life, I'm gonna follow Jesus. And today, as I follow Jesus, I'm gonna make the most of this opportunity. Tomorrow, as I follow Jesus, I'm gonna make the most of this time. Today, as I follow Jesus, I wanna be able to see I'm following him. And so he is leading me into these moments and these opportunities where I can share the truth of Jesus with somebody else. Where I can, where, where my life is such a reflection because I am following Jesus that people look at my life and think, I don't know what you have, but I want what you have because you have hope and you have peace and you have joy. And I've seen what you've been through. I've seen where you've come from. I've seen what happened in your life. I was walking beside you three years ago when you made that decision, I turned my back on you. But now I'm looking at you thinking, I don't know what you have, but I want that. That only comes from following Jesus. It only comes from following Jesus, not from us doing our own thing. Not from, listen to me, not from us praying a prayer when we were 13 years old. 
it's a decision to, from that point, you know what? I've made the decision. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm, today, I'm going to follow Jesus. Ooh, I've counted the cost. I'm going to follow Jesus. It may not all go my way today and things may be difficult, but I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm called to follow Jesus and walk into these moments and seize the moment that my family comes to me or that I that, that God says, today is the day, share your story. Today is the day, share your testimony. Today is the day because you've been following me, I have led you into this moment. And let me tell you something, when that moment comes and you see it and you make the most of it and you seize it because you've been following Jesus, it'll change your life forever as you're able to lead somebody else to Jesus because you were following him and you saw the moment. And so today, I don't know where you are. I don't know if you need to take the first step. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer and we're gonna take the first step today. And maybe you just need to step into a relationship with Jesus. Today, you just need to receive his forgiveness. You need to receive what he did for you on the cross. You need to receive what today represents, that he sealed it, that it was a done deal, that you can have life, you can spend eternity with your heavenly father because of what Jesus did for you and took your place. And so maybe today you need to take the first step. And I wanna lead you in that prayer today to take the first step. But after you take that first step, now it's a lifetime of following Jesus. Now it's a lifetime of today. Today, I'm gonna follow Jesus. I wanna see the moments. I want other people to have the opportunity to seize the moment that I had. To seize the moment that I remember when I stepped into a relationship with Jesus. I remember on Easter Sunday 2021 when I stepped into a relationship with Jesus and I made the decision to follow after him. And now look at the moment. Look at what God has done. I want you to have that story. God wants you to have that. He wants you to follow after his son so that he can show you here's a moment. Here's a moment and you're ready. Here's a moment, tell them. Here's a moment, share the gospel. Here's a moment, love on them. Here's a moment, seize the moment. Do something for them that, that you're not gonna get anything in return and you may not ever see what happens in their life, but I've been working behind this and here's, here's a moment. And those moments, we, we can truly only see them and make the most of them whenever we're following Jesus. We have, we have to follow Jesus. So will you bow your heads and close your eyes today? And I believe that this is a significant moment. And I'm asking you, will you seize this moment? Are you ready to seize this moment? So I want us all, just so nobody's praying alone, but I want us all to repeat this prayer. And I believe if you mean this in your heart today, if you pray this from your heart, this is the cry of your heart that you're surrendering your life to Jesus. I believe that he's gonna save you today and you're stepping into relationship with him and this is your moment. This is your moment. So just pray this with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for never giving up on me. Today, I recognize that this is my moment, that you are drawing me to you so I receive today the price you paid on the cross. I receive new life today. I receive forgiveness today. 
I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your love. And I surrender my life to you today. I make the decision to follow after you. Help me to see the moments and to seize the moments that come from this day forward. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate with those who have made that decision today? Here's what I would encourage you to do. Here's what I would encourage you to do. We're going to sing this song and then we're going to let you go. I want us to sing this song. I don't know what's prepared, but I want us to sing this song about hope. Can we do that? Okay. Today, for some of you, hope is, is now alive. And the reason that it's alive in you is because Jesus is alive. It's all about what today represents, that he is risen. Amen? And so here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you to get in a church. I don't know. I see a lot of familiar faces in this service and some that, that, that I'm not familiar with. If you don't have a church home, we would love to have you here, but you don't have to come here. We would love to have you here, but if this is not where you feel like you're supposed to call home, then I would encourage you to find a good Bible-believing church that is de devoted to your growth and your discipleship and you following after Jesus. Because from this moment forward, that's what you need. You need, you need steps to follow after Jesus. You need, you need to just every day get up and surrender. Today I surrender my life and I'm going to follow after you, Jesus. It's all about you. So Lord, right now, we thank you for life change. We thank you that, Lord, I believe that after today, there are going to be so many that are going to seize the moment. They're going to be able to see it and seize it. And Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, thank you for changing hearts and changing lives. And thank you for new life. And today we sing this song and we give you all the praise, all the honor and all the glory in Jesus name. Amen.